Over-the-top cycling from the over-the-top studios in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. We're on the line with Lynn Salvo, the first of many interviews to come. Uh, Lynn, you are beginning a very interesting quest, for lack of a better word. Tell us about it. Well, I am uh, going to cross the country, which is um, not that unusual, but um, if I succeed, it will be a Guinness World Record for the oldest female to do it. Now, is that the oldest female to cross the country, period? Are are you limited on time? Um, You are crossing by bicycle. I'm crossing by bicycle, and I don't have a time limit. It's just an age limit. Um, So I can take my good old time. I expect to take eight weeks, um, as opposed to how fast the guys and gals go on the RAM route. (laughs) Um, It's the slow food version of RAM. So where did you come up with this idea? Why? There's so many things you can do to try to get a world record. Why this one? Well, um, I I found when I started um, getting ready for my cross-country ride last fall, um, it's almost as soon as I heard that I could do it, I thought I'd look into it because there was nobody I knew older than myself who had done it. So I started asking around American um, Cycling Association and Carry Bicycles, because that's owned by a female, or what used to be, and nobody seemed to know. So um, then I went to the Guinness World Records site, and it's really hard to navigate, but eventually the only way to find out was to actually apply to set a record. So um, to find out, you apply, and then you wait a really long time unless you pay a lot of money to get an expedited answer. So I figured, you know, whatever, um, I'll just wait and see what happens. So about halfway through my ride last fall, I did get the answer, and it was if I would like to do it at age 67, I could set a record because the 66-year-old had already set it. So at that point, I kind of let it go. But when I finished my ride, I had had such a good time that I decided to investigate that record. And it turns out that that person had done it as part of a relay team for Ram and not a solo ride. And once that was determined, the age record dropped to 51, according to Guinness World Records. Wow. So... The logistics and everything that go into doing this. How are you coming up with your route? How are you being supported? Well, the um, the route was determined because the last record, the age fifty one record, was set on the Ram route. I decided to to choose that route um, with a tiny modification at the end to make it a coast to coast. And in terms of logistics, I have my dear friend Susie, who I've known for about 40 years, uh, who's going to follow me in my Prius. And she's going to bring me water, and she's going to cheer me on. And and then I have a substitute for her partway through. A couple of other friends and sister-in-law and brothers are going to help out a little bit in the middle and give Susie a break, and then Susie's going to come back and finish it with me. And you're planning around eight weeks. Are you camping? Are you going to stay in motels? Uh, I camped last year, decided to do the hotel route this time. I want my towels. I want 
Wi-Fi. They <laughs> want a nice soft bed. <laughs> and it's not that much more expensive, actually. Now, so, what uh, equipment are you using? Are you just taking one bike? Or are you going to have a backup? or How's that work? Um, I have, yep, I just have one bike. It's a 12-year-old Trek Madone. It's um, been thoroughly checked over. It's been across the country once already. Um, I have two extra wheels. I have lots of extra tubes, extra tires. Um, uh, that's pretty much it. I don't have a backup bike. And then what about food, nutrition, and water? Well, Susie's going to help me with that. We've, we've got a big, we've got a cooler, we've got a thermos. Um, I, I got a couple of water bottles. I got water bottles in the freezer. Um, and then we're, um, we've got jar of peanut butter. <laughs> That's the backup. But, but we're planning to just basically eat along the way in, in the places that we find, in the hotels, the hotel breakfast. Um, and just basically eating normally. And then do you have your days pretty well planned out? I'm looking at, uh, going over the route. The desert, uh, is going to be pretty warm. I would expect in late August. Um, and towns are pretty fairly spaced apart. How have you planned out your, your daily mileage? Well, I started with the Ram route and I, Originally, I was going to go time station to time station, but then when I looked at it more closely, I realized that not every time station has a hotel in it. So then I started modifying, but it's it's very it's a lot time station to time station, but there are a few modifications in that, and a few days where, um, for example, there's a long, long downhill. I think coming coming through Kansas, it looks like a downhill, and if I get a tailwind. I might throw two time stations together in that one and do a 122-mile ride. Um, so I have a couple of plan Bs, and I've got one ride that I'm a little nervous about, that 100-mile ride from Camp Verde to Flagstaff that has 10,000 feet of elevation gain. Um, so I have a plan B for that. Um, I would stay in Happy Jack. That's about halfway, mm-hmm. just in case. So I've got a couple of ways to go faster and a couple of ways to go slower. But I do have every single day planned out, you know, with contingencies. I can say I did ride that Camp Verde to Flagstaff section, a large part of it, and that is a tough 100 miles. Yeah. <laughs> now, you sound very prepared. How did you train for this? Um, well, I have cycled um, about 6,800 miles this year already, and I had kind of a good fortune that there was a biking game going on in my local area, in the Washington, D.C. area, called Freezing Saddles, which got me out a whole lot in the winter. I did 2,689 miles between January 1st and March 18th, so I had a huge base before the weather got good. And um, I just kept going with it. Um, so a lot of distance and a lot of a lot more hill climbing. Uh, last time I rode across, I did hills once a week. It was just um, on Mondays I did hills. But this time I've done lots more um, things like Skyline Drive. I did that three times. I did Mount Weather, which is about a mile high and I mean not a mile. It's a mile long and ten percent grade. 
like every hill that everybody told me about that was hard, I did it um, just to kind of build my confidence on the hill climbing. And then how did you select this time of year? It's kind of an odd August, actually. Here we are in Colorado, and there's actually snow forecast for the mountains on Thursday. Well, the the timing um, is part of the Guinness World Record um, thing. If I wanted to count for age sixty seven, then half of it has to be after my twenty first, after my sixty seventh birthday, which is September twenty first. So um, that's part of what drove it, um, and there were a couple other things. But I mean, I I drove through the desert on my way here. And it was 108 degrees. And when my son and I drove over Wolf Creek Pass, it was 39 degrees. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, uh, there's quite some variety going on here in about a 10-day span. Um, so it's, I guess it's mostly, mostly driven by um, having it count as age 67 and doing it as early as possible uh, with that, trying to make that happen as well. September 21st will be the happy birthday. Where are you planning to spend September 21st? So September 21st, I will be in Wichita. I have a friend, a cycling friend, who's going to join me in Springfield, Colorado. Um, she's going to ride with me for four or five days, and then we're actually going to take a rest day at her house in Wichita, which is a little bit off the ram route, not much. And um, we're going to celebrate there. And then do you have to have an official or anyone go with you to certify that you did this? No, but uh, there are very stringent requirements. It's, it's actually, I think, meeting the Guinness World Record requirements are harder than the cycling. We have to do 10 minutes of video a day, and it has to, there's certain things it has to include, like where you're starting, um, you have to do some panorama. Um, but anyway, 10 minutes of video a day. You have to have witness log. You have to keep a log book. You have to record every start and stop. Um, and all the bike files. So I have three garments. I have the main one that I use, and then I have two backups. Um, I won't be running both backups, but I have them. Um, so that's that's actually really tough. It's it's requiring a lot of um, thinking and planning and just just remembering to do it. Now you've been putting this together for quite some time. This is the night before you start. How are you feeling right now? Well, I'm excited to start. I'm excited to actually go from point A to point B instead of loops and and out and backs. <laughs> So um, I'm excited to do that, and also knowing that whichever road I do, I won't have to go back and repeat it tomorrow. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to repeating a section from the ride I did last year the, um, that goes through the Imperial Sand Dunes. It was just so gorgeous. It was so much fun cycling there because you go down a hill and you get enough momentum to go up the next hill. And so it, it was just like a big roller coaster. It was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm excited to start. <laughs> I'm excited to, to, to get this show on the road. Well, Lynn, I look forward to following you as you cross the country in your Guinness World Record attempt and uh, checking in with you uh, on a frequent basis. 
Thank you so much, George. It's lovely talking with you. Lynn Salvo checking in from Oceanside, California. Uh, Thanks very much for joining us here on Over the Top Cycling from Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.